take. We're going to make it real simple. Uh, welcome. This is Bill and Dave's excellent, excellent podcast. We are we at remote Shuba's Tavern in Chicago. The green room. And we are so lucky to have with us the Jim Jones Review. Guys, welcome to Chicago, all the way from London. Hello, thank Hi. you. So, how's, the, how's the traveling been so far? It's been great. Yeah, yeah it's probably been the best American tour we've done today. We've done, I think, five or six previously, so yeah, it's been good. We've been really lucky. We've had like a bubble of warm warmer weather that seems to have followed us around. Oh, man. Well, we arrive in a town and they say, oh, the other day it was awful. <laughs> and, and it's forecast the snow's coming in tomorrow and we're gone by that time and it's just stayed with us. Yeah, the second show we did was in LA and we were coming from New York and as we were driving to the airport, we had all these rev- weather reports coming, so there's going to be a huge snowstorm coming in. And so we, we got to the gate and we said, look, can we change our return flight to uh, Sunday? And they said, yeah, all right. And then so we had the whole of the weekend in LA <laughs> where New York was completely snowbound, so that was good. I had to buy a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I had to buy some non-winter garments. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, if, if that's the case, if the warm weather's following, you guys are welcome to stay as long as you'd like, obviously. But. Um, it's funny you mentioned you were in LA. I checked out, you guys played the Viper Room. That's I was right. always curious. How was it? Is that a cool venue? Great. I mean, we, we played the Viper Room like three or four years before. I think it was the second ever show we'd done in the US. And that was, yeah, that was kind of like just an, an invite only thing. But this one was a proper show and it was great. Yeah, really good. Yeah, so I got, we got rave, rave reviews, rave reviews. We got a lot of the elder statesmen of rock down there, you know, like oh, yeah. Jim from Stray Cats. Oh, Billy really? Duffy from the wow, Cock came down. So I saw yeah. a few fakes. Do you remember Pearl Harbor? Anyway? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Those kind of fake. All these people nodding, you know, their appreciation. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> giving <laughs> the seal of approval. <laughs> How cool is that? That's, that's, that's got to be surreal. Um, I got to tell you too, when, when we were we were looking, uh, we, we, were, we saw the festival was coming, we were looking at the bands, we are like, well, who would we want to get in front of and, and try and get an interview with? And you guys were listening to some of your tracks and you were right, you were the first band that I thought of right away. And the main reason being, you guys are one of the only bands that I've seen do this successfully and have a piano player and actually feature the piano and most of your tracks. Yeah. Now, a lot of bands will have a piano and they'll bring it out and all of a sudden it's oh, here comes a ballad. But you guys rock, it's in your face, it's raw, and it's uh, it, it really is amazing. Every every song on the track. Um, you know, the, the album you guys are out promoting right now is A Savage Heart. Yeah. And um, I dare anyone to listen to the first track on that album and not get sucked in. I mean, just the, the riffs come in, it's, it's amazing. Um, how long did it take you guys to write that, to write that album? Uh, that- I don't know. Couple of months. Yeah. Some, some of it was stuff that was, you know, seeds of ideas. Sure. But yeah, we we spent about a, a month fin- just finishing stuff off. Sure. And then a couple of weeks recording it. That's awesome, and it's it's definitely it's 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 real gritty. Um, I saw that you guys were compared to, you had a, l- a little bit of uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, a little, uh, what did they say, Little Richard, a little yeah, bit. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and that's that's all the piano, <laughs> I, obviously, but. I've never seen it. You can break your fingers playing a piano like that. It's unbelievable how you can do with a piano. It really is amazing. Well, the, um, when I first began to play with this man, I, uh, I had several finger injuries. Really? And broken skin, broken nails. It's a very painful experience. Like um, Because it, previously I'd been in bands where I'd do maybe one number in the whole gig. It was about... 25% the intensity of all the numbers in this band. Sure, sure. And so um, there was some pretty hefty rehearsals that I had to go through. 
Oh yeah, it's... Uh, even by the first, when the time the first few gigs came around. And, and you joined the real... band in like 2011? Was I reading? Did I read yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you guys have a piano player before that, or? Yeah. 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 He he left though. Yeah. And we, he left at the end of 2010, and that was just as a kind of the band was breaking, and oh. we had loads of work lined up in 2012. Sure. And so we didn't really have any choice just to get another guy in just to fill the boots and in the end we needed three piano players because we had a tour in australia a tour in america and a tour in europe oh my god so we got three players wow. and henry was the guy that did europe and then ended up joining the band after a few months because it was obviously he was so right for the rock for the uh, job so when you guys when you guys start to write a song is it does it start with something on the piano or, or no. a riff or is it, it lyrics anyway or? Piano, yeah. guitar, Jim's vocals, complete songs, yeah. work, you know, any, any way, any way it takes. So it's yeah. just a mood, like Jim might say, I want to create a certain mood. Sure. Whatever starts out creating that mood. Absolutely. That's, I, I've got about as much musical talent as, uh, gosh, I can maybe play the kazoo a little bit. But uh, when I when I when I see like the piano has always been. There's one... a good kazoo solo in submission <laughs> by the Sex Pistols. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one. No, no, I I you, on like the original, on the original mix, the Spunk mix. It's really? Got, yeah, it's got a kazoo. That's that's. I gotta maybe it's you. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe they got a little something I put on YouTube. But the the one thing that really uh that really catches me, especially with the piano, and I don't want to go go you know bug you too much over here, but. Uh, you know, a lot of songs with pianos in it are, are the guys just playing chords and and you just go nuts out there. So, what would you expect when you see a Jim June, uh, Jim Jones review show? What would you expect? It's, it's high energy, and um, are you are you dead tired at the end, at the yeah. end of the show? Yeah, I, I think that's an indicator of, of how much I've enjoyed the gear. It's how exhausted I am. Oh, yeah. The more I'm enjoying it, the more I want to work hard. Absolutely. The more I want to push myself and push myself constantly to just play faster and harder and faster and harder yeah. and more aggressively. So it's a sweaty thing. Like sometimes there's so much sweat flying around on stage. I, sure. I have slippery fingers all over the piano and I have to towel the piano down with all the sweat. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, a hard, it's very hard work. I mean, I think from the whole band, it's like a total commitment into pushing it as hard as you can. You know, and, and like pushing that energy envelope till it kind of reaches an intensity. And when you finish a show, it's like you come out of a boxing fight. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's tightly drained. It's not like you've gone and played some twiddly diddly sort of like nice music. It's just like you've put your whole soul and heart and yeah. physical effort into it. That's, and it shows. It shows even just on, on the record. And um, the, the, one, the one thing we haven't seen you live yet, but um, the one thing we did catch was your Letterman appearance. Yeah. Um, and I gotta tell you, you know, a lot of bands go on Letterman, and it's kind of lame, and it's almost like, all right, let's turn the channel to the next show. But you, you guys are on there, and and it was in your face performance. I mean, literally, <laughs> you were, you were right in somebody's face. It was one yeah. of the best Letterman appearances I've ever seen. By the way, no one did that before. Yeah, I never seen that before. No one crossed that line. They yeah. do it now. I see yeah. other bands doing it now. You know, but. I, I had never seen well, it. We had, we had a lot of trouble getting there because we it, it, we we were lined up to do it a couple of times before, and for various reasons it got cancelled. Sure. And then we had this one was guaranteed it was going to happen, and we had it all rooted in well to an American tour, and we were going to fly from Paris where we were doing a festival. And then Hurricane Irene came and shut down the whole oh, eastern wow. coastal airports, and uh, we just couldn't make it, and we just like, well, it's not going to happen now. And then our publicist managed to get it rebooked on the only off day we had, but at that point we're in the West Coast, oh. so we flew 
back, I think we flew from Seattle via Dallas to get to New York on a red, red eye, did it, then flew back again to uh, San Francisco to, to repeat the, to, to continue talk. But what you see there is by the time we got to, uh, got to the uh, Ed Sullivan Theatre, we're just like, right, we're going to have this. We don't care. It wasn't yeah. like you know, we were playing in front of whatever millions of people it was. Right, right. we've got it. We're going to do it. And what you see is that frustration all coming out. So it, it felt good to get it out of our system. It was a, it was a crazy one. Sorry. And it was like trying, you know, like let's fucking do this before something else goes wrong. You know, another hurricane <laughs> right. or yeah. outcome. Yeah, and we had to get it out. <laughs> we had the total hunt by then. Do you know what I mean? Especially having to fly. We, the, the first date of the tour, we had to. We were doing this festival in Paris and we couldn't rebook the flights from London. So we had to drive back to London, stay night in London, drive back to Paris, and fly from Paris to Dallas to Vancouver. And like we, we were spinning out on four different kinds of t jet lag by the time oh, we got to New York. Thing. Vancouver, we worked our way down to Seattle, yeah. like, like Portland, Seattle, then flew like back to Dallas. Red Eye to Dallas, to New York, did the David Letterman show, and then early the next morning, flew back San Francisco, then played LA, and then flew back to do the East Coast. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I think at some point there, we arrived at, at Chicago. Yeah, that's yeah. why we can't remember it, because we were fucked. And I was like, you look a bit tired. We were, uh. That was a bitch, you're not taking a blue line this morning. Oh, jeez. Uh, and when, when, I got back to, when I got back to Britain, I, I had this weird jet lag that I couldn't shake off for four weeks. I mean, I do this all the time, so I'm pretty used to it, but I didn't actually have a time zone anymore, so I had to rediscover my body clock. It was, oh, yeah. it was really bizarre. <laughs> That's uh, I can't believe that. Well, I mean, when when I see that, when when I see a band that's on Letterman, I always wonder how does that come about? Did they contact you, or your people contacted them and said we're in the, the, the Booker had seen us play South by Southwest and was interested in booking us ever since then. So it was kind of lots of like back and forth, and then it finally happened. Oh sure. But they, I think they've got a pretty kind of open booking policy to bands they like, which is really refreshing considering it's such a high profile show. Yeah. Do you, now, do you get to meet Letterman? Does he come out over and say well, good job? Well, he wouldn't shake my or? hand at the end, so I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I heard he doesn't talk to I heard he doesn't talk. I heard there's people that write for him that never even met him. He was really nice to us, actually. He was really cool. Yeah. Right. That's cool. We just went uh, to New York and, and saw the Letterman show. That's what kind of intrigued me. It was the, uh, the other get the main guest were the Kardashians. Oh, you were. Yeah, it was a bizarre mix. Oh my gosh. We were in the green room watching it and like watching David Letterman just tear them apart. They didn't, they didn't even know no, they anyone was taking the piss out of them. They didn't even. They were like, you know. Yeah, he's perfect at that. He's great at that, yeah. How are we doing on time? We gotta, I don't want to keep you guys. Or, Just keep going. Yeah, we'll keep going. Cool. Um, so another thing that um, I wanted to ask is, um, you mentioned that you played South by Southwest, and I presume you've played plenty of other festivals before. How does that compare playing a show like South by Southwest compared to playing a, a venue like Shuba's where it's more intimate and probably get a... It's pretty similar actually because yeah. you've got five band bill here, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's quite huge. similar to what you're doing at Austin. The yeah. difference here is that you can hear yourself speak. Anywhere you go in Austin, there's so much noise because so many bands playing oh, yeah. all, all day. Like You just can't get... Um, it's the only place I've lost my voice. Is, yeah. And it's not from singing, it's from all the shouting afterwards of trying to, you know... Right. Talk to it's people. Total so total chaos. Constant noise. I mean, when we first went, we didn't have hardly any money. So all the money we got, we put towards our flights and getting over there, making sure we had the right equipment. So we flew in, and then the very next day, we started doing two to three shows a day 
right up until Sunday. So I think that I can't remember. We did about 15 shows in four days or whatever. Oh and by goodness. the end, Jim had lost his voice. So the next time we came, a year later, we were a bit smarter. So we, we flew into uh, New York and acclimatized a bit and had a few days off in LA and then did it. And by then we had it big style. But the brilliant thing about the last time we played South by Southwest is that we didn't, we did all the industry stuff, but we also, because sure. we made friends by then with a lot of uh, musicians that live in Austin, we did all the, 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 the private Austin stuff as well. And one of the highlights for me, one of the highlights of playing in the Jim Jones Review is that we had the opportunity to play with Nick Curran oh, um, wow. in this private barbecue, like right out in East LA. And he's, you know, he's, unfortunately he died last year, but that was just an incredible experience. And we, we did a song yeah. together as well. That's unbelievable. Is that, is that out anywhere? Or is it just kind of- It's on YouTube of, somewhere, yeah, a little clip of it, it I think. But it was like, it was a real, you know, there was only about 30 people there. Sure. But we went, that, and apparently that was the last show he ever did where he sung. Wow. And I, when I, when we got there, a friend of ours, Danny B. Harvey, who knows him really well, sure. he took me and the drummer Nick to find him in this bar, and it was like a sort of a, like you know a mystery sort of novel. We went into the back of this bar, and he was at the back of the bar, and I said, Nick, you've got to come and do the show with us. If you can, and he wasn't. He was smoking like an electric cigarette or whatever, and he said, Well, I can't really sing much. And he turned up, and he did an incredible set. And really, it was just it's heartbreaking that he's no longer around. Yeah. Now. But that was I don't know. It was just a really special moment, and that came through playing in South by Southwest. Danny That's told us that he was in a lot of pain. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that 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 begs a question too because you've got a real gritty voice, Jim, and it's and and you know it's 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 you give it everything. Obviously, do you ever have issues with your voice or have to take a, a night off here well, or there? How do you keep it? The more you do it, the more you get conditioned to it. But I just have to do things on the road. Like I have to be careful not to eat dairy stuff. Sure. You know. Something Everywhere you go, like there's cheese on everything, you know. So, Especially yeah. in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim's voice is really strange. It's like an old valve amp. Yeah. You know, once it will, it takes a few shows to warm up, but after a three or four, it's, then it starts like, you know, it's like all the valves in his lungs start glowing. Do you know what I mean? think my really... voice hurt after listening to some of these. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't, I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm, we're there all the time. I can't, I can't understand it. Do you know what I mean? It gets, at sometimes in a gig, it'll get louder towards the end. Like it's got, right. you know, it's just got this <laughs> inbuilt strength. Like, <laughs> it's like a muscle, right? It was, it's a yeah. muscle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just good. We'll let it out of the box. That's crazy. So, um, so, so we're promoting the Savage Heart, which is uh, we're gonna play a couple tracks off the album here in a little bit. Um, we were talking about uh, doing Chain Gang, I believe was one of them. We're gonna do Never Let You Go. Okay. Then Chain Gang, and then Savage Heart, which is the last song on the record. Sure. And and version. Savage Heart, the the last song on here, really, it's kind of a. Uh, a stray away from the rest of the album. It's uh, it was a little slower and really melodic. I found myself listening to it, and and it was, it, you couldn't help but but I don't want to say get emotional, but it's so so much of a, a departure from the rest of the album, and it's really deep and something I could just listen to any anywhere really. We we, we were doing some we were doing some pre-production with Nick Lowe, who was kind enough to come down and say you know give us his sort of wisdom on what you thought you should do. But one of the things he said was um. <laughs> You need to have some light and shade. You're all like, da -da 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 -da, which is, you know, how the band started. Sure. And that we kind of absorbed that, and that 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 song came out of that process. I think. That's amazing. Like you said, a, a song can get written in any different way. So, it's. Uh, it's... When we were in the in the studio, there's an enormous grand piano in the studio. Oh really? Which, um, I can't remember what what make it was, but it was uh, in a big room, very loads of resonance. Natural reverb, 
and it was um, with Jim and I we spent quite a bit of time at the piano working sure. a, a lot of those ideas out on that song um, actually in the studio really so that was really came together in the studio rather than being made before we went into the studio we, we were working on bits and pieces and we were just going through like some doo-wop stuff that like we really liked and sure. bits and pieces and, and it, Rupert sort of came in and said like we need something like that yeah. and then, you know like sort of to work that up into a song so we pretty much finished it there and then put all the pieces together and I, I really like the idea of because when Jim got married a few years ago him and his wife did some really great kind of like Appalachian sort of music in the garden after sure. the wedding where and Jim wasn't obviously screaming he was like playing along with a banjo and stuff like that and I was talking to my girlfriend and we go, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if Jim actually did a song where he doesn't like fully let go of his voice? And there's a little bit of that as well, you know, getting, actually hearing him singing purely without having to scream over the band, you know, so I think that was a really interesting development for us. Yeah, it's 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 a beautiful song. It kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, did I put the wrong track on this? <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? We don't want everything just to be like, all oh, right, here we go, one, two, three, four, you know, it has yeah. different textures to it. Right. Yeah, uh, I think it's sort of like, you know, we're keen to have people understand that like this kind of a bit more three-dimensional than just like <laughs> as much as we love going. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're there for you. People that like them, <laughs> we're there for you. But you know, we we have other tastes as well. You know, uh, everyone. You know, music is so subjective. So it's 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 cool to you know, it's a, it's a great listen, um, and it, it kind of takes you on a ride through everything um, from beginning to end. Each songs. It, it's there's not two songs to me that sound identical. I could definitely see that there's a a term a term that I heard uh, like 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 punk blues kind of, and I could see some of that in there. But uh, there's a little bit of that I think, and that was more when we started. Do you know what I mean? But I think now it's just whatever. It just comes out of our personalities, and yeah. it's you know it is what it is. Really. That's awesome. So did you guys take lessons or did in you what? I mean, like 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 <laughs> piano lessons, guitar lessons growing no, up? Like I've never had you... a lesson in my life personally. Yeah. Probably shows in my playing. No, I just <laughs> <laughs> I always find it interesting because some people can just pick it up by ear and just listening and playing. I'm mainly self taught through yeah. listening to Jeremy Lewis records and Otis Fan records. That's and that's why I'm so happy to be here tonight as well, because just uh, we we popped into we didn't pop into it, we stood outside it because it was closed. Um, <laughs> Chess Studios. Oh, really? Today, which is. Um, South Michigan area. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so, mainly, I'm just by picking out stuff from old rock and roll and blues records sure. over many, many years. But I do have occasional lessons from some piano players that I really like. Sure. Playing along with them and stuff. You, you kind of either born with it or you're not. I don't think I can pick up a guitar all now. And, I think what's important to understand as well, and some people never get this, but what's good about a band is the chemistry of the band. It's not necessarily like that everyone's a virtuoso player. Sure. It's like how they fit together. And I think the interesting thing that we <laughs> examine when we're getting to writing for an album is like, how much of, how much can we take away of what is our identity and still have our identity, you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's part of the process of the writing. And I think you can hear on this album where we've a couple of songs, we've stripped it right back to, you know, just the percussion, a bit of piano, but mostly voices, which when we were doing our first album, we would have never imagined trying something like that. But 
realizing that it's the chemistry and like as long as you hang on to that and you can feel it then it's still valid right yeah you had background vocals in there i, I don't know that have you done that on other albums before? no yeah. no again that was another thing just to bring different elements into it just to twist it it was it's, it was it was really fun. I, I haven't been able to stop listening to it. I'm not just saying that just because you guys are here. I've been driving her nuts about it. And <laughs> keep telling Bill, did you listen to this one? Did you listen to this one? <laughs> I'm listening all day at work. Yeah. <laughs> Still another two albums to go as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And this one, this one came out. Is um, is it is it hard? Is it hard to release music now with with? Um, it's hard to release it as an English band in America. Yeah, you know, we, we've we've self-released all our albums in America. Really? Yeah, I mean, we work with a distributor, but we couldn't find anyone who wanted to pick it up, so we just put it out ourselves. And it's kind of frustrating because the fans want to buy the album at the same time it comes out in Europe. Right. Um, but, you know, when you're putting it out yourself, you have to be careful how you spend your money, you know, and you have yeah. to make sure you do it properly, and it's why it's taken us two years to get back to America. But, you know, this is as I said before, this has been a great tour. It's been the best tour we've done in the States. You know, it's great to hear what you're saying about the record. It seems to be getting really, really good reviews and reception. So it's building. And in a way, it's kind of it's kind of nice to have control over it when you're releasing it yourself. And to me, it kind of goes back to sort of like, you know, punk rock credentials of people like Black Flag when they used to release their own stuff and things right. like that. When you you know, you're you're controlling the whole chain. Yeah, nobody's there's no there's no middleman. Well, over. even if there was, we wouldn't take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. And then um and then lyrically. You know, when you're writing music, um, do you have lyrics that you kind of have in your head, or is it? Yeah, like you know, when we're on the road and when we do, you know, just everyday stuff, little ideas, I kind of just jot them down. You yeah. Know? And then some stuff does come fully, like Rupert was talking about, like fully formed. Occasionally, it arrives in a dream. You know, you wake up and just there it oh, is. Wow. But um, yes, yeah, usually the ideas, just little things that occur to you, and then when you get to writing you kind of see like this kind of works with this you sure, know, and sure. you kind of you can match up you know what this should be it should be working with that and then it's you know we work everything we do no matter what, what how it originates it goes through the process of the band working on it which sure. changes it you know and it and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't sure, but, sure. Um, again it's just trying to take what ideas they are there are and apply them to us and, and make sure that the chemistry is still intact. Sure. You ever have like an idea and you're like, oh, this is great. And then it comes out shit. <laughs> or you forget it. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, well, it? The best ideas come to you when you're in that subconscious, you know, almost about to fall asleep. Right, right. Um, so it takes an unbelievable amount of discipline to wake yourself up again and then go and write it down. Right, right. Because if you just go off to sleep, it's gone. Yeah. You know? But it's when your subconscious is open that's where uh, you know all the good stuff is. Yeah, that's uh, some. So I think even Paul McCarty had said something like that when somebody was asking about how his how his mind works, and he kind of said the same thing. It's in the subconscious. You might dream about it. You might be half asleep. And uh, yeah. But uh, it looks like we got to go, guys. But uh, we're gonna play okay. these tracks. And. Um, if you guys want to check out the Jim Jones Review, where are you guys going to be next, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, we're playing in uh, London, Ontario, um, which is uh, Thursday, then Toronto on Friday at the Horseshoe, um, on Montreal on Saturday, and then we're playing in Boston on Sunday. 
Oh, perfect, perfect. And so. then, yeah, then the tour finishes. And uh, we're, we're planning to come back again soon, but that's kind of up in the air at the moment. But, sure. you know, check our Facebook and everything else when it, when it gets confirmed. Absolutely. You're on Facebook, uh, Jim Jones Review, uh, at Jim Jones Review on Twitter. Yeah. You have a dot com. Review, though. Yeah, R E V U E. Yeah, there's E at the end. Yeah. And we've got a YouTube channel, all the regular stuff. But if you go to the Jim Jones Review, dot com that'll you can go to everything else from that sounds good we'll check them out guys and uh we'll play a couple tracks and thanks a lot guys thanks for coming on the show all right guys Don't even 
question The will to realize How to get me past the distance in your eyes I'll be struck from understanding On this planet where I'm landing Through your thighs Only wanna check it Just gotta see the prize And I'll make it through that distance in your I'm